In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. From Hollywood, it's Craig's List with your host, Craig Kikowski, and co-host, Carla Kikowski. Tonight's special guest, Ben Acker. But here's the man you've been waiting to hear. The king of comedy himself, <laughs> Craig Kakowski. Wow. What a setup for do, yourself. Do we wait for them to stop applauding? <laughs> should yes. we, should We're we holding. That out? We're holding. Or should we do what they did in the movie? The king of comedy, Craig Kakowski. <laughs> Craig Kakowski. For like half an hour. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Craig's List. Uh, I'm Craig. I'm Carla. And we have a special guest today. He is the co-creator of a wonderful podcast called The Thrilling Adventure Hour. He's a writer in many formats, including television, <laughs> movies, <laughs> comic books. Journals. Journals. Postcards. A Postcards. super great poem. <laughs> One super great poem. Postcards from the edge. And is that, uh, on your, is that on your list? It, be. No, it is not. Oh, and uh, let's welcome our guest, Mr. Ben Acker. <sighs> Thanks, everybody. This is the sound of my voice. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. I'm a big fan. I like this podcast. It's one of the appointment podcasts in my podcast queue <laughs> where it comes out and I go, I'm going to listen to that today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. An appointment podcast. That's very nice because Ben, you know... Um, Hates everything. No, I really respect Ben's opinion was where I was going with that. So that's very kind. And also Ben hates everything. Now, we had some scheduling difficulty and we previously assigned you another movie. This was Blue Velvet. Right. uh, Which I think was Carla's favorite movie that we've covered so far. End of all time. (laughs) End of all time. Uh, You liked the woman hating parts, right? Yes, that was my favorite. (laughs) But uh, we we weren't able. We had to uh, go ahead and record that one without you, unfortunately. And I'm glad we were able to make this happen Me too. Uh, and make King of Comedy happen. But uh, by the way, we're recording this on Election Day, oh. which if you listen to the Tucker episode, the previous episode, you'll know that we recorded that yesterday. <laughs> so we're going back to back. We still don't know who our president is. Yeah, but we hope of, she's great. As yes. of this recording, we hope she. We think is she'll great. be great. Yes. Uh, but before we get going, do we just lose listeners? Do you think? <laughs> Maybe. Do you think a lot of Trumples are like, I loved this podcast till it got all political. <laughs> Trumples. I'm pretty sure that's what they're called. <laughs> uh, but let's get some brief thoughts on Blue Velvet out, Ben. Well, here's, here's the great thing about my Blue Velvet experience. I got the DVD from Netflix. We can buzz market on your show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Netflix sent me the DVD. <laughs> it's and a I, hot new app. And I, and I watched it. And, uh, I was, I was, I was watching it and watching it, uh, for what felt like forever. And, um, <laughs> boy, oh boy, that DVD started skipping. Oh. And I was like, great. Oh, wow. I can stop watching this thing. <laughs> I am not a big fan of the Blue Velvet movie. 
Um, it doesn't belong on your list. I don't know if we all <laughs> vote after, uh, but I can think of a uh, hundred better movies than Blue Velvet or more, f- um, more better movies. And, um, <laughs> more better mm-hmm. as opposed to just better. Absolutely. And, uh, the thing about Blue Velvet to me is it's like the doors. Right? The Oliver Stone film or the band? The band, the idea of it, the Oliver Stone okay. film, all of it. When you're in high school and you haven't thought of stuff yet, there comes along something that's like, what if not that stuff that you're into, but like this stuff over here? Isn't it weird? Did I blow your mind, man? And that's Blue Velvet and that's The Doors to me. Well, that's exactly. like, here's an ear. Could you have seen that coming, bro? <laughs> You couldn't have, because there's no ears in the beginnings of other movies, huh? We did it. Sorry about your coal mine and asses, America. <laughs> well, I happen to be exactly that age when right. that movie came out. Absolutely. No, if it hits you in the sweet spot. Though I never got into the doors. The same diff, right? <laughs> um, Probably Pink Floyd was that band for I me. I had a moment in Blue Velvet, though, this time, where, because I really don't love it, uh, but the cop in it was really entertaining. Like, I liked that actor doing stuff. Like The dad? Yeah, her dad. Her dad? Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Kyle McLaughlin, right, is, is yeah. bleh, really a proto-Scarlett Johansson or Jennifer uh, Lawrence just not doing anything. Like, I am I'm, I'm in this movie. I'll I like you, this podcast already. I'll let you put, wow. put your opinion on what I feel in this scene because I'm not doing hardly anything. Um, but this dad was like, no, no, I'm an actor. Watch this. Yeah. Let me just inflect a little bit and give a care. Right. Um, boy, and that – it was so weird, that chicken walk. That chicken walk. I agree. Did we even talk I about love, that? I love oh, the I chicken walk. That chi- yeah. I don't know why, but that chicken walk made me think of James Urbaniak. <laughs> like, I don't know if that chicken walk is like his acting spirit animus or whatever, but it was so weirdly specific and uh-huh. magnetic in an otherwise bland, uh, not phone-in because it was important to them. Student film feeling. Total student film feel. Absolutely. No, this is the thing. It was like the most... Like, if you were going to parody a student film, yeah. this is that. Right. Like, guys, it's just the suburbs where nothing can go wrong. And then the guy falls over hurt. <laughs> did, I, did I freak you out? Can I just say that I did not want to talk about Blue Velvet, but now that I know how Acker feels about it, I could talk about it for another hour. Oh, no. <laughs> let, me, let me just say for the listeners at home that Carla is beaming right now. Like, no, I heard your episode I have never seen it. her this happen. And I was – and like I, I, you said in your episode that you thought that I would be si- siding with Craig yeah. and teaming up uh, with you – against you yeah. about it. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell her that I don't <laughs> give a care about Blue Velvet. <laughs> the best part of Blue Velvet – to me, is its use in an anthrax song? Mm. Correct? I don't know the use. Uh, I can hear your fucking radio, you stupid shit. Okay. Was in um, Public Enemy and Anthrax collaborated, right? Oh. And Bring the Noise? Mm-hmm. Oh, Isn't okay. it in there? It might be. Maybe. It's definitely a rap metal song from my youth. Okay. Where when I saw Blue Velvet for the first time, I went, oh, that's where that's from. <laughs> and the other that's where that's from. When I, It was my very first episode of Saturday Night Live I ever saw. Um, Dennis Hopper hosted Oh, and yeah. there was a game show that he hosted as Frank Booth. I remember called yeah. "What's That Smell," yeah. where everybody was gassing themselves like he did in the movie. And I had, you know, I'm ten, eleven. I don't know. I'm. I have no frame of reference for Blue Velvet, but that sketch was hilarious to me because they were like <laughs> inhaling stuff, and it was having an effect. Yeah, right. Like <laughs> drugs wasn't a thing that I thought of. It was just right. like. 
they were sniffing carbon monoxide, which I know to be poison as a child. Right. So, and that's the gag, and it's funny. And like Frank Booth is a great <laughs> Saturday Night Live character. <laughs> yeah, for real. But it was my very first. Saturday Night Live episode. He feels like a, a sketch comedy character in the whole movie. Uh, and I have the, um, what is it when you give your, when, I have a, uh, the distinction, that's the mm-hmm. word. I'm a good second draft guy, people. <laughs> um, I was in a, a, a feature film, as we all know, called First Kid, featuring Sinbad, because <laughs> uh, they shot it at the mall near my house. I'm from DC. True fans know this. And, um, Sinbad played a secret Not service on the list, agent. By the way, no, too bad. I didn't want to. I assumed it was. I didn't want to spoil that for the people. <laughs> um, so I was a, an extra. Uh, you can see me in this movie because I'm the tallest extra, head and shoulders above ben all the rest. Generally easy to pick out in a crowd. I had my dumb teenage long hair, uh, and one of the next level up, not quite principal, but like featured people, like guys getting paid, had was in the. His thing was. I'm in the car in Blue Velvet. <laughs> and that's why I watched Blue Velvet the first that's time. Because I was working with a guy Who was in the, the car. car. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess um, when I thought that you might like this, I was actually more just remembering this fantastic conversation that I had with you when we were at one of the airports in New Zealand and you were determined to convince me that the Spice Girls movie is a legitimately good movie. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Spice World is great. But the thing about Spice World is... And I assume it's on your list um, <laughs> of movies you get to fuck. <laughs> um, the Spice yeah, World once movie, a year, <laughs> Carla lets me fuck a movie. R- Rumspringa. <laughs> um, Spice World could and should be in the Rocky Horror Picture Show vein. Mm-hmm. Like it's better in every way. It does everything that Rocky Horror does, and it does it better, uh, but less effectively okay. for the audience. But if they showed it at midnight, people could dress up like so many ca- like. Richard E. Grant is dressed in a green suit with a green shirt and a green tie. Like, there's plenty to play dress up on. They are having so much fun. Yeah. Uh, and the songs are great. So it's just campy enough for it's, you. It's campy, but it's not uh, uh, campy to the detriment of brisk storytelling. Oh. <laughs> like, like, like one other movie I'm comparing. <laughs> Perfect level of campy. Wow. Favorite Spice Girl? Uh, posh, because... <laughs> In a prefab band of singers and dancers, she does neither, and that's sublime. <laughs> Wonderful. But, but I appreciate your asking. I just heard Wait, she's po- in Sublime as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> and she died before their success. Aww. So, uh, no, I was listening to another podcast, and they started talking about their favorite Spice Girls, and I was like, I have opinions on this. I wish I was on the podcast. <laughs> so it was. I feel I'm glad I gave you that opportunity. You gave me the out to everyone. Yeah. My favorite pot. My favorite Spice Girl is. Posh. I was uh, traveling to London for a semester abroad just as they were breaking Mm -hmm. over there. And uh, so they were like on all the TV and all the Mm -hmm. – they were everywhere in pop culture for the the six months I spent traveling uh, or uh, studying abroad in London. So that like it felt like that was my time there. Um, (laughs) But I had this theory about them at the time that they were like uh, Magic Eye where like (laughs) if you're just the right distance away – it's perfect, right? <laughs> like if you're too close, you're like, eh, meh. and if you're too far, you're like, meh. but if it's a little blurry, it's amazing. It's an amazing show. It's three dimensional. Uh, I don't know if that theory holds up. I feel like you could do an entire podcast series, maybe on the Spice Girls. Yeah, I'm going to say on Ben's digressions. 
a way, well, like, Vince if we never get to King of Comedy, <laughs> is it King or Kings? Which one's the Bernie Mac one? Because that's one oh, I watched. Oh, no. Uh, the King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch the original Kings of Comedy? Uh, no. What are you talking about? What Bernie was Mac? There's a concert film called The Original Kings of Comedy, which is Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. Cedric the Entertainer. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Dillahunt. Garrett Dillahunt. Um, I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> Rene Bergemois. Who am I thinking no. of? D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley is who I'm thinking of. And there's a fourth King of Comedy. Uh-huh. What? The quiet one. Ellen. The, the quiet Ellen. one. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Uh, Carla, favorite Spice Girl. I don't have an opinion on this. What? Uh, but I will say that the most memorable Spice Girl is uh, Ginger. Uh, is her name mm, Ginger? Uh, Ginger. Yeah. yeah. Ginger, Jerry original. Hallowell. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. For uh, sure, most charismatic. Have you, have you guys heard the B-side of uh, Spice of Your Life? No. <laughs> the B-side of Spice of Your Life is amazing. It's called Spice Invaders. And it sounds like they uh, were having a slumber party and they found a four-track and they just started recording. What actually happened was... Uh, they needed a B-side, and the producer of that track said, just go in there and have a conversation, and I'll record it and sample it and put it in. And it's just I, – I don't think Posh was even there that night. Like, <laughs> And they're having so much fun. And then Ginger says something that is one of the truest things I've ever heard. Like I carry it with me forever. <laughs> she says something to the effect of true friendship often survives that for which it is neglected. Hmm. Which Aww. is true, like, and the the Wait, I think it, so they're singing, and then she just says, no, they're kind of like vibing, and then they're like having a conversation, and then she goes, guys, 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 listen, and she says that, and then I think it's Sporty says, are you reading that out of a book? And she says, yes, and they all <laughs> laugh, and they keep going with the song, like it's just them talking, filling the air, and. It's going to be dubbed over a beat later. Oh, man. Uh, it's now, when great. you say B-side, did you own this on 45? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, oh, have you not seen my Spice Girls record collection? This it's, is crazy. It's, wow. beautiful. it's beautiful. Ladies well, and gentlemen. my friends and I formed a cover band called the Sugar Dandies. <laughs> okay. We didn't tour very often. But I'll send you a track and you can put the it in. The Sugar Dandies. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Well, we do have to move on from, from the Spice Girls. Back to Blue Velvet. Girls. Back to Blue Velvet. <laughs> Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're 13 minutes into this podcast, and we've already had... We're tw- not getting any closer. <laughs> we've already had 25 hot takes by Ben Acker <laughs> at this point. Oh, wait. I had a hot take about hot takes. Oh, God. It's gone. Yeah, read yeah, my Twitter. It's gone. And it's gone. <laughs> it's on there. It's on there. Just What you do is you go to the internet, and you Google uh, my name, uh, but my Twitter name, and... Which is? Kid, uh, kid uh, Ben no, no, Acker. No, it's just B-N-A-C-K-E-R. Okay. And uh, someone else has that first E. Uh, and then hot takes, and I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> but let me know what I said, because it was great, and I don't remember it. Anyway, thanks for having me. Great. It was great to have you. Uh, it's we'll been a pleasure. To, we need to hang out more We'll try often. to make it happen again sometime. Right on. Uh, you know, while we have you, uh-huh. let's talk about the movie that we assigned you this week. <laughs> sure. And that we all watched. Carla and I finished watching it this morning. Yep. Uh, we were really trying to cram in some movie watching and uh, podcast recording before we leave on our five-week trip. Yep. Where are you going That's for five true. weeks? <laughs> We're going you, want to, you want to do some plugs? Uh, it's time for Craig's plugs. We'll go on and do some plugs. Tuxedo Improv dot com yeah. for workshops and shows at a comedy theater near you. <laughs> near me? Yes. <laughs> Hours of squirreling pleasure in, in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> we mostly we're going to England. We're going to London, England. Oh right, you're not coming to New York. We're not coming to New York. Like treachery yeah we do need to plug that though why don't you do that now 
Plug your plug your show in New York. Are you, when does this drop? This drops next Wednesday. Yeah. So last Saturday, come to New York. <laughs> is that this weekend? Yeah. Okay, no, it's yeah. not. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. Oh. So if you're listening to this. Have come to the Brooklyn Bell House <laughs> for oh, two shows, six yeah. and eight. But there's also. Oh, no. Th- plug the holiday one. There's That's also what a I thrilling meant. adventure show. Yeah, but they'll come to it. In December. In December, we're, yeah. No, we got a big venue to fill. Yeah, we got the Ace Hotel. We're at the Ace in Hotel. Los Angeles here. Yeah. What's the day? December 17th? That sounds right. Yeah. It does sound right. That checks out. Yeah, it's that uh, Saturday. It's at the Ace Hotel. It's going to be a Christmas show like we do sometimes. And just in case there's any confusion, we're talking about the thrilling adventure hour. <laughs> yeah. Orange tuxedo. What? <laughs> We don't normally do plugs on this podcast, and so that's why that was so awkwardly handled. Uh, but ba- <laughs> by whom? The listener? Don't blame the listener, Craig. You guys handled it fine, I thought. Um, All right, King we'll of get, Comedy. We'll get the hardcore info out there about the Thrilling Adventure Holiday Show. Yes. Please come see it. We've got a lot of seats to fill. <laughs> You're doing all right. We're not like dire straight. We're not like old Gil on The Simpsons about it. We're good. Or you're saying the Dire Straits don't sell tickets? <laughs> you keep accidentally referencing bands today. Is it? Or is it a long game? Or I'm going to get the bangles back together. Ooh, rule of threes. That makes me happy. Yeah, there's three bangles. <laughs> oh, guys, the king of comedy. Great. Right? Have you seen it? It's Wait, great. Ooh, look at you. Ben took notes, you ben guys. Ben has notes. I have notes. Carla, Carla I'll nope. give you a second to pull up your notes. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Carla has no notes. Oh, she took out an analog scroll. <laughs> did you take notes with a Slowly unraveling it. Yeah. Are you impressed? Oh, it's in we'll fancy calligraphy. Sound effects later of a scroll unraveling. <laughs> this is a 1983, possibly 1982, according to IMDb movie, because it re- was released at the end of December in Iceland. <laughs> Though I always remember it as a 1983 movie. Because you weren't in Iceland at the time. I was not in Iceland at the time. I'm glad we're getting this out there. <laughs> By Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Uh, known, of course, for his gangster films, his violent films. Uh, and this is kind of a departure for him, though in many ways it's a remake of Taxi Driver, his 1976 movie with Robert De Niro. This movie does star Robert De Niro as Rupert Pupkin. A Pumpkin? Pupkin, no M. <laughs> Uh, I did that. Frequently confused by uh, all the people he encounters, including his audience. Including right. his it's like a joke in the audience movie. at home. It's kind yeah. of a joke. But it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that was what the movie was about, right? Yeah. Well, keep setting the scene. I don't mean to interrupt. Okay. Set that table. We can talk about the degree to which this is a comedy. I'm not convinced that it is, though. There's many. Funny things. Uh, I counted about two. It. I counted exactly oh, two. No, oh, Ben wow. laughed at two things. Well, uh, it's a dark. I, yeah, it's a dark comedy. Uh, also star- starring Jerry Lewis as Jerry Langford, uh, talk show host, kind of modeled after Johnny Carson. Oh. And uh, Rupert Pupkin <laughs> is a uh, wants to be a comedian. He wants more than anything to be on the Jerry Langford show. And Sandra Bernhardt is a similarly obsessed fan uh, who has the hots for Jerry Langford. They end the up literal hots. The literal yeah. hots. Uh, they end up kidnapping him, and uh, Rupert appears on the Jerry Langford show, which is his dream. But we also have frequent uh, fantasy sequences in which Rupert interacts with Jerry, their best friends, uh, and then we see the cold, hard reality of uh, Rupert being a loser and a uh, and a wannabe. 
And an insane person. And uh, an insane person. And a charmless asshole. (laughs) (laughs) It is a very... On purpose, though, so it's cool. On purpose, on purpose. It's a very squirmy movie. Yeah. It's it's very difficult to watch. Uh, But, uh, you know, going back to Craig's first time... Sure. I think I probably saw this movie... When did you lose your virginity to this movie, Craig? (laughs) This movie took me in uh, probably 86 or 87. I think I watched it on home video. I definitely watched it on home video because I did not see it in the theater. And DVDs weren't invented yet, stupid. They sure weren't. VHS all the way. Maybe even beta. What? No, I didn't have a beta player, but I think my friend Andrew did. He sounds like a real ColecoVision kind of guy. Andrew, find us on Facebook. (laughs) Come to the shows. Orange Tuxedo, come to your time. Orange Tuxedo, improv.com. Many of these movies from the 80s I watch with Andrew because we would have uh, video dates <laughs> at his house we yeah. would we'd order a couple pizzas we would drink a lot of orange juice and, and make out we would not make out but we would try to watch orange juice and pizza orange were you mormons <laughs> <laughs> did you guys not know about soda <laughs> well we had soda too we had plenty of soda <laughs> but you preferred orange did you juice not know about soda? <laughs> oh. orange juice is probably sweeter than soda more probably more sugar everybody yeah. check your teeth if you eat, if you eat orange juice by drinking it <laughs> check them teeth do you start are you still in touch with Andrew? Outside of uh, saying we are, we are Facebook friends. Uh, I have not seen him probably since his wedding, maybe twenty years ago. Oh, so no. Uh, but we talk occasionally <laughs> so on Facebook no. or comment on each other's things. All right, thank you. Uh, I hope he does listen. Uh, <laughs> he, what, what does he? Uh, what does he do for a living? What does he pull in here? Uh, well, <laughs> I believe he's a, a track coach in Georgia. He was a, a long distance runner. I don't know what he pulls in a year. <laughs> so you're not close. What um <laughs> that's your standard? <laughs> oh, I know what everybody makes a year. <laughs> what uh But he was uh, a guy who was very obsessed with uh movie lists as well, and he had like all the books of you know, critical favorites of like all the great movies you're supposed to watch. And so we were always kind of on a quest of like, we want to see as many classic movies as possible. So a lot of my first times are going to be movies that I saw with Andrew on VHS. Did you hook up with a lot of ladies in high school? Oh, no. <laughs> Did Andrew? Uh, yeah, he had a steady girlfriend most of the time. What was her yeah. name? What was her deal? I'm not going to get into that. Where is she? How much does she make <laughs> Does she make a good living? Is she a track coach in a, track coach in a competing high school? Does she go to church? <laughs> is she a, does she call her mom once a week? Probably. We loved Robert De Niro and <laughs> Martin. Are you scared Scorsese. that Andrew's going to come up with a competing podcast? How long do we? I hope he does. Uh, I hope we've got about five minutes left, you guys. Okay, great, great, great. I hope there's an Andrew's List podcast. <laughs> Uh, because I know he had a movie list for a while, too. You know, we had uh, competing versions. Uh, but De Niro was definitely, at this time, our favorite actor. No question about it. He was the balls. How old were you? Um, 16, 17. That's De Niro age, right? <laughs> like, what did you see? Had you seen a Raging Bull? Are you Bull? saying that De Niro is like uh, The Doors or Blue Velvet? A little bit, but not <laughs> as um, blow your mind, but like... I'm young enough not to know things. That's a heroic figure. <laughs> I loved Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, The Godfather Part Two. He's not in The Godfather One. Angel, Everybody knows that. A Angel Heart, that. Brazil, yeah. uh, The Untouchables. He was great in Brazil. Yeah, he was great in Brazil. Yeah, and I think Rupert Pupkin is probably the most against type he ever played uh, until in, Stardust in his whole oeuvre. <laughs> Stardust. Who did he play in Stardust? A fey pirate captain. <laughs> 
He also was a, an obsessed fan in a movie called The, the fan. fan. Yeah, I did not see that with Wesley Snipes, right? Yep. Where he's a he's a baseball player, right? I saw that. In, yeah. In the theater. How's De Niro in that movie? He's De Niro. <laughs> you guys want to talk about Mad Dog and Glory? Nope. Okay. That's the answer. He's good in that movie. He's, he's kind of a dweeb in that, that one is, too. Honestly. Oh, Bill Murray as the mob boss. Oh, I've never and, seen that. Uh, Robert De Niro as the um, police uh, photo- crime scene photographer. It's kind oh. of Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray and Robert De Niro are both playing against type. Cool. And Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman is Glory. Gifted to. When did that come out? Ninety-two. Let's watch it. Uh, and David Caruso is good in it, despite being David Caruso. Mm. And yeah. Mike Starr is good in it. Because Mike Starr is good in things. Okay. <laughs> and it introduced me to Louis Prima as a guy, like by name. I had heard Louis Prima in – this isn't a podcast about me and Louis Prima. Continue to interrogate me about my opinions. <laughs> when does the me and Louis Prima podcast come out though? Oh, me and Louis? Um, <laughs> once I book Keely Smith, who is an elusive interview. Acker, you say so many names and I know maybe like five of them <laughs> in any given conversation. But you, you'll you listen to this in Google. It's fine. It's true. I will. We're going to have to have footnotes. Ask, you can just ask. I, nope. I'll tell, I, I want to keep you guessing with, which you ones I know. You live with exactly that guy though, right? Like that's your, that's your whole life. Yeah. I yeah. count on him to know these things. Uh, we will have to have footnotes to this podcast. So it'll be kind of a David Foster Wallace uh, episode just to catch all of Acker's references. Yeah. Yeah, here. like my David Foster Wallace reference I just made <laughs> by proxy. So, Ben, was this your first encounter with the movie The King of Comedy? It was. Me too, Ben. We have so much in common. We do. We should start a podcast. We should. A sub-podcast. Of all the movies that Craig left off his list. We'll do – well, <laughs> I think we should get to that. But uh, why had you never seen it? I had never seen it because I'm not a big Martin Scorsese fan. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> – I realized in seeing this movie that I had a, uh, a an idea of what it was about that was incorrect. Oh. Like I, when I first saw the Clockwork Orange movie, A Clockwork Orange, yes, I realized I had seen it essentially just by living as I do in pop culture. And I thought that for this. And then I watched the movie and said, when is the thing that I know this movie is about going to happen? What, what did, did you, you think, think it was? was? Happen? I, okay. <laughs> Tell me if this is a better movie or not. <laughs> but my idea of this movie was uh, Robert De Niro is a nerdy comedy jerk, uh, wiggler like he is in this movie, and he has his downstairs, like his basement comedy set. In my head, it was much more like when Kramer had that Merv Griffin uh, set in his house. Yes. And then I thought he kidnapped – Jerry Lewis's character made him go to his basement where they did a a comedy, like a, the talk show out of his basement for no one as like a crazy kind of misery meets whatever. Uh, And was like, okay, so when, when do they go to that basement? Cause I saw the basement. I saw the characters. I'm like, uh, here's the kidnapping. Oh, this is about a, this makes more sense than mine, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I like your idea. Thank you. Do you think that's a real movie though? Is there something similar to that? I don't think I don't think so. I don't I wasn't conflating it with any like I don't think I was like, oh, that's the plot to the So you had a vague idea of the plot of this movie. And I put and it together in my pretty head. sure that's where it was yeah. Headed. Yeah. No, I, like I thought that that was this. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's that movie where he condemns that guy and puts him in his basement and makes him do talk show stuff. Carla, what did you know about this movie going into it? I knew that Sandra Bernhardt was crazy in it. Okay. And, and that delivered. And that was it. 
And I figured it was about a comedian. Okay. called The King of Comedy. But that's all I knew. He's not really because he's not a working stand-up, which right. is what people keep telling him when he tries to, like, get on the show. Ugh. Yes. Uh, of like, yeah, come <laughs> let do us that, know. You know that thing you want to do? Do that thing <laughs> and you'll be fine. And he's like, yep, no. Yeah. So he's never tried out this material in front of anyone other than the cardboard cutouts in his basement. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nuts just the monomaniacal drive that this guy has but, to be on this show. Right. But it's – I mean, yes, but – who thinks I want to do that and then doesn't figure out how to do it? <laughs> crazy, a crazy person. A crazy person, yes, yes. I know. Like, it totally works, but like, what might make for a more f- uh, fun movie, which this wasn't trying to be, <laughs> is him trying some comedy and it working or not. I thought it was really fun. Fair. I did. I actually, and maybe because I knew it was a Scorsese movie, I was like shocked by how much I enjoyed it. Because I, I'm, You're not, not a fan. I'm not a fan of Scorsese either. There are three more Scorsese movies on the list. Fantastic. Uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. I uh, hope so. I Godfather Three. Um, Johnny Dangerously. Great. Those, those are two Coppola <laughs> movies and a. You're saying okay, Tobe Hooper and Steven Spielberg. On Poltergeist. That's what Scorsese and whoever directed nope. Johnny Dangerously. Did you no. listen? Oh, no. Johnny Dangerously might be Amy Heckerling, but I'm not sure. We were just talking about... Heckerheads, phone uh, in. How I always confuse Scorsese and Coppola. Yeah, it's a thing. That's true. Is it? Oh, good. Yeah. Phew. Ben was doing that as a bit, though. I'm right. No. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no. No, I, 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 no, 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 I, I was not. Uh, Coppola aspires to uh, Shakespearean heights for uh, the stories he's telling. And Scorsese's like, you know who's great? People. <laughs> like, real dumb jerk. People. Like, the worst of a person, that's why it's great. <laughs> it is hard to take. Do you prefer Shakespearean Heights? Then? It turns out. Okay. Turns, turns out. out. Yeah, yeah, So I'm gathering just from hints that are being dropped here that, Carla, you kind of liked this movie. I and did. Ben, you kind of didn't. I kind of didn't. <laughs> uh, there is an, an hour in, I will tell you, that San- Sandra Bernhardt, Sandra Bernhardt, Sandra Bernhardt says... How long is this going to take? And I was like, I know, right? <laughs> and I felt Bench like quotes. I felt like I was doing my my impression of Carla. I have a couple of Carlos quotes. Uh-oh. Probably I called the bit Carlos quotes. Probably okay. I don't know if it's time. Yes, let's do it. Uh, Before we get into the real Carlos quotes, uh-huh. these are things that Ben thought Carla would say during the movie. Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese needs to t- Martin Scorsese the director needs to tell Martin Scorsese the actor to stop indicating. <laughs> There's a cameo That's by so Scorsese funny. as the director of the TV show, and Tony Randall is the guest host because Jerry Langford is being kidnapped at the time, and they have a brief interaction. Oh my god, yeah. that's so true. I did think that. I thought, oh my gosh, he's really overacting in, in this two-minute bit. I thought Carla would think, this feels like an arty episode of Taxi. Let's do an episode with none of the main cast and all just cuckoo guest stars. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that, but I think it's funny that you think that. Jerry Lewis is really good in this movie. I thought you would think that. I thought I did. That, that was a, both of us thoughts. Yeah, I actually did. Um, re Sandra Bernhardt. What's the opposite of phoning it in, but still bad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's great. She's great in this movie. Agree to disagree. <laughs> she's just crazy. She's just yeah. She's just, she. Oh, I haven't. Carlos, she improvised I, her entire performance. I know, I know. I saw the. I saw the extras. I come prepared. <laughs> um, but I have a Carla's quote probably about that. Um, here's a Carla's quote probably. A lot of cue card jokes. <laughs> 
the cue card jokes, though. Um, yeah, no, but there were, like, not just one section, but another, like. Right. Um, <laughs> this is my own thought. This isn't Carla's quote, but this is, there was a dedication at the end for Dan, the movie, like, ends and the credits go, for Dan Johnson. Like, he gets his own card. Okay. And I thought, what did he do? <laughs> like, why are they angry at Dan Johnson? <laughs> this is what we think of you. This movie. He probably died. Yeah, no, he died. <laughs> but, like, was he a jerk his whole life? What like, did he why do before he died that warrant that title card? Um, yeah, would you be honored? I don't know. Uh, oh, here's the, the my... My Carla's quote to take on Sandra Bernhardt. Yeah. Uh, Carla's quote, probably. Uh, so much of this movie feels like high school monologues. <laughs> um, yeah. That's so funny that you're, you're, yeah, you're way harsher on it than I was. I wonder if it's because I came off of like a couple of rough ones that I was like, here we go. Right. And usually yeah. I just get to choose what I watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm watching Atlanta. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Carla's life is being forced to watch my movies. Yeah. So when, when one of them pleasantly surprises her, it makes a big it difference. It did. It surprised me. I liked it. I did. I think the three lead performances are just fantastic. Like, I, I really think this might be De Niro's best performance uh, mm. because Rupert is just such an obnoxious character and he just makes him feel so real despite the fact that it's a little over the top, you know, uh, and the character's kind of exaggerated. And uh, Scorsese says he was influenced by the British filmmaker Michael Powell. Um, who frequently has fantasy sequences in his movie and doesn't really distinguish in the way he shoots fantasy to reality. So that very first scene, like coming off of, we see Rupert and Masha, Sandra Bernhardt's character outside of, uh, the soundstage where they record the Jerry Langford show. They're there with a bunch of other autograph hounds. Uh, there's the title sequence, um, uh, Rupert's, uh, I think we're probably, we cut from Rupert in his basement interacting with, uh, or actually, we see Rupert in the car with Jerry, and then we cut to Rupert and Jerry at Sardi's together. Like, yeah, that lunch. confused me. And Carla was immediately like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, this makes oh, no my sense. My imaginary Carla got it right away. <laughs> <laughs> because man, I want you to write my life for me, Ben. Just write a day in the life of Carla, and I'll do everything and see how it goes. All right, fair. <laughs> because he doesn't do anything to tell you this is going to be a fantasy sequence, which sets up the end so effectively, where uh, supposedly he Rupert blew becomes, your mind, man. Where Rupert becomes a big success, and we don't know if we're supposed to take that as reality or fantasy. And I thought we were supposed to take it as reality, so I was surprised when you said that. You know, definitely watching this movie in the eighties, I thought that. The first several times I saw it, but I also have a theory that the end of Taxi Driver is supposed to be a fantasy. Uh, we'll I've not get, seen that. We'll get into that Don't much later in the podcast. What did you think? I thought, um, because I'm seeing it now for the first time, that they were doing it on purpose so that you could draw either conclusion. Okay. Which is like... Cop out? It's kind of a cop out and kind of like the director going, guys, do you know that I'm clever? <laughs> Because I am fucking clever. He is clever. I thought that it was um, reality what was happening and that he was making more of a statement of like our culture uh, really celebrates crazy. Well, it's so much truer now than yeah. it was in 1983. Not according to Sandra Bernhardt on the comment, on the uh, special <laughs> afterwards who said – and I, I – I'll quote her. Going to Ben's Sandra's quotes. Sandra's quotes. Um, oh, she said – she called it the last – 
really great film about culture. What? <laughs> yeah, and, I, ro- I rolled my eyes at that quote. She was as interviewed well. contemporarily. Yeah, about, like it was. What do you think now that King, King of Comedy is is lauded as a failure? I rolled my eyes when it? she said that she hasn't been able to get any good roles since then because everybody thinks she's crazy, <laughs> except for the roles that I've created for myself. That's what In she Hudson said. In Hudson Hawk, which is number well, four on your list. Sure. Don't placate me on your show. <laughs> cow, cow. She's got a great concert film, uh, Without You, I'm Nothing, about her one-woman show. Uh, she did a concert. She did a one-woman show about her one-woman show. <laughs> that was the and last there was, film about and culture. And then there was blocking. It was great. And Jerry Lewis basically uh, is kind of himself in this, but he's, you know, uh, he's very low-key. Uh, and he's also – he's kind of a dick, you know. Is he, he – But I actually – he was the most likable I've ever seen him. And yeah. the most likable character in the movie. Because he's being kidnapped by these two nuts and you kind of feel for the guy who's like done nothing other than be like a talk show host superstar. But, but also like so walking annoying. down the street. Like you have – he's the only character that they provide you with enough um, character about to have sympathy for. Yeah. Right? He's walking down the street and people are like, I hope you get cancer. <laughs> Right or a great show that, they, that the filmmakers want you to have sympathy for any of the other characters. No. Okay. No, I think they don't. Yeah. And I'm like, why, why are you mad at me? Yeah, I don't think that they want you to sympathize with Rupert. You know, I'm here watching a movie, right? The filmmakers, <laughs> a diversion and entertainment. Why are you mad at me? Yeah. What did I do? I I paid your fee. Like I, I'm here for the the show. You know what a show is, right? <laughs> In the screenplay, by the way, the character was named Bobby Langford, oh, and they changed thick. the name to Jerry because when they would do shots of Jerry Lewis walking down the street, they would just get normal. People would be like, hey, Jerry. Oh, and so funny. there's a couple interactions with him that are a- actors that were paid to be in the movie, but there are others that are just kind of purely just people yelling Jerry at him. So they thought it would be better for the character to be named Jerry as well. And they probably already had those caricatures made <laughs> with the word Jerry on it. Sure. Can we use some of your caricatures? Uh, they say Jerry on it. It's, we're changing the name of the character. <laughs> well, we did do Ben's hypothetical Carla's quote, so uh, let's get into the real Carla's quotes. Let's do it. These are the things that Carla said during the screening. Oh, which am I picking one? Are you presenting me with possibles? <laughs> nope. Nope. No, this will all be real. real. This he is just not reads a game. Them. All right. He just reads them. So I'll just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, on Robert De Niro, she said, "I think he's really the king of drama." <laughs> Nice burn. I thought so. Uh, I thought during, it was going to be more of a comedy too, by the way, when it started. Yeah. Uh, I did laugh. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things in this that make me laugh, but uh, but it's kind of like it's it's a cringy laugh. Um, what were they, you said two things? Two what were things. the two things that legitimately made okay, you laugh? You know the part that's not funny where um, he's Jerry Lewis is choking uh, Robert De Niro in yes. Robert De Niro's fantasy. Like, yeah. I'm so jealous of you, and he's choking him, and it's like... The fucking Muppetiest worst. Yes. It is followed by a thing that made me laugh, actually, where he just musses, Jerry Lewis musses Robert De Niro's face in his hand. <laughs> like, just squishes it like it's clay. And oh, it was yeah. absurd, and it was out that of was nowhere, because it was life in this movie. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the other thing is the um, cameraman, who is my favorite character. Yes. He's funny. Hey, I'm the king. Uh, all right, your highness. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, who am I supposed to meet? There's a guy with a, a, a biscuit nose. Yeah. Uh, a magic man with a biscuit nose. Like, why aren't we... That guy's the king of comedy in this movie. Why aren't we hanging out with him? 
Yeah, Rupert has told them uh, that he's going to – he's told them as the kidnapper that he wants to be called the king and he's going to show up and announce himself. So he slips onto the set. Which is – oh, we'll talk Because he does, has no idea of how sets work. But his cunning plan was that a writer that was a scheduled guest was going to not be on the list. Yeah. To I don't know cause that was, a stir so that he could slip in unnoticed. I thought that was weird too. I don't that is I don't the know craziest that was part of his plan just, I've ever seen. Or just happens. He, he got the yeah. diamonds and got out of there. Fortunately, there was a diversion. <laughs> no, I think it's just pure happenstance. I think I, I it's you know just to tangent away. Uh, do we do that here? <laughs> tangent away. <laughs> um, I it is a kind of a weird scene, but I think it's in there because like just knowing of like somebody's got to get bumped, somebody's got to get bumped, and but that's a real. That's thing how they you do tell them. Talk shows. We don't have your name on the list. Oh, I thought that he was lying. No, I thought he I, was another crazy person. No, I think he's a, he was a real writer. Oh. Yeah, he was uh, he was going to be my favorite character when he said, hi, I'm a writer. I was like, <laughs> all right, now let's find out what this guy has to say. And I brought my whole family. I brought my wife. I'm supposed to be on the show. You should have my name. I thought that the guard was protecting him from a killer is coming here, a kidnapper, a criminal. Oh, and funny. I thought it was going to be like yeah. a cool move. But it was just like a paperwork error. Like, this movie's not about this. Cut that out. This movie's not about that part of the day. A crazy person. Yeah, I like it though because then the FBI have to talk to him because they suspect he's the kidnapper, you yeah. know, which is kind of fun. Anyway, back to Carla's quotes. Sees cues. Sees cues. Sees cues. Carla was hugging her dog Benji, and when they had the whole scene of the autograph seekers waiting outside uh, the theater, she says, "It's a paparazzi, Benji." <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. Little yep, callback to La Dolce Vita. Blech. I haven't seen. Um, it. Don't. And then when Jerry Lewis, uh, a.k.a. Jerry Langford, gets mobbed, she said, Welcome to the life of what's-his-face. <laughs> <laughs> and then about five minutes later, he said, Jerry Lewis, that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> she sets him up. She pays him up. Yes, always. I was also surprised that Carla knows all the words to come rain or come shine. I sure do. Which How does is, that go? I don't want to sing. <laughs> Just, God, yeah, I've, just, said, I've said just, no to you so many times. Talk. I'm not keeping track. Oh, I'm not man. an improv man. Uh, this isn't that kind of podcast. You were a real chanteuse last night at home. <laughs> Why don't you just say all the words? Chanteuse. Um, just like a dramatic monologue. Okay. Uh, like you're the king of comedy. Happy together, unhappy together, and won't it be fine? It's like uh, the Sandra Bernhardt song when she sings. Sure. Like, yes. Days will be cloudy or sunny. Oh, yeah. We're Whoa. in or we're out of them. You know why I know it though? Why? Because Bette Midler sings it in sure. For the Boys, a really good movie that you guys should all watch. For the Boys, I did watch. Number twenty-seven on the list. <laughs> Tune in. Craig hated it. Uh, there's a great version of that song by Ray Charles that plays over the opening credits, which is great. It really is great. And uh, one of the few opening credits is just a freeze frame the whole time. Oh my god! It was like cool. ten minutes, right? Boy, oh boy. I like that. You have a problem with cool. that? With even the opening credits? Like, how long am I going to sit here and not read names? Like, I'm waiting for a movie to start. Make I words that was happen. cool. I liked that. What happened during it? Something? Nope. It just looked neat. Good. It actually kept my attention because it was just frozen. So I was actually reading the names. Wow. Yeah, no. For me, it was like, this movie is 10 years long already. <laughs> When we first see Rupert in his basement talking to his cardboard cutouts, Carla says, I do that all the time when you're not home. <laughs> you talk to your can imaginary you, celebrity can friends. Can you guess who they are? Who are they? Oh, wait. You have to guess. guess. Um, Mer- Meryl. And of course. Ed, and Ed Harris. Of course. <laughs> My from two favorite hour- actors from The Hours. From The Hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Number 22 on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. 
Here's another callback to any other movie that we've watched so far. You think that dog's still alive? (laughs) (laughs) It's always said with a degree of hopefulness. Yes, it is. But if that dog is still alive, it is suffering. (laughs) (laughs) That little shit too. It's just held up by wires, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At one point they used the word retard with Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. uh, That was weird. Yeah. Carla said, retard, gay. Gay? Gay. Gay. About, cut that part out. <laughs> about 20, 25 minutes in the movie after the name. So during the credits. <laughs> wow. Uh, real Mr. Blackwell here. <laughs> yes, I, Chatty I'm the Blackwell of credits. Uh, <laughs> Ugh, if it's not seven, I don't care. <laughs> they all pale, pale in comparison to seven, folks. Uh, this is about 20, 25 minutes in the movie after the name Rupert Pupkin has been said. I don't know, 20 times. <laughs> Carla said, who's Rupert Pumpkin? <laughs> Rupert S. Pumpkin. <laughs> you were being serious. That you hadn't realized that was uh, De Niro's character. I was a little point. bit on my phone at the top. <laughs> oh, that, I should have thought of that. <laughs> uh, Carla watching an uh, outdoor sequence in Manhattan. Look how small Times Square is. Yeah, it looked real small. <laughs> I think it's the same size it is now. Well, the fewer M&M stores. Yeah, there wasn't like the tall, wasn't you know, garish. moving billboards. It was small and it was Superman 2. Right? And more porn. More right. porn theaters. More porn. It looked... It, let's, more churches. It didn't look as fun. <laughs> the Times Square of 1982. Yeah, because that one would murder you. Yeah, exactly. At one point, uh, Rupert is waiting for a, a call on the street at a bank of payphones. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a line of people oh, waiting yeah. behind him to use the phone booth. And Carla said, God... How did people do anything before cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> Valid question. I just snotted on the microphone. Um, did you see Quick Change? Yeah. Nope. This is it uh, great? Some similarities to Quick Change. Like, a, yeah, New York is the villain of the piece. Oh. Uh, I really did not care for that movie. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I did not. Another one were of those. You, were you sympathetic to New York as a villain in that movie? Uh, no, you were with Bill Murray. It's great to watch in proximity to Dog Day Afternoon. Like some of the music oh. cues and stuff are similar. It's, sure. It's a, unless you don't like it, in which case don't watch it. I'm going to watch it unless now. Unless someone invites you on a podcast. I think once was enough for me. Um, really? It's got early Shaloub and early Tucci? <laughs> Before they were like Big Night Brothers? My doctor says I have early Shaloub and early Tucci. <laughs> well, they can treat if you find yeah, it early. They can treat the I'm Tucci. taking antibiotics for yeah. it. Yeah, early onset Shaloub. And acute Tucci. Um, later you were hugging Is this ba- the longest episode? Yes. It will be, yeah. <laughs> then, it's, then it's thematically relevant. <laughs> then it's obviously the best. Uh, <laughs> you wanted like descending voices, right? You assigned me two sure, movies, absolutely, or, like same spirit. We just wanted you on the podcast. We knew you would be opinionated, fair, and, and yeah, funny, and funny. Right, we're, we've got one <laughs> waiting for the other. Saying, well, I'm funny like the king's king of comedy is funny. You're <laughs> funny like the king of drama. <laughs> Later, you were hugging. This is what he does. In the, uh, Ben's uh, flying. His I'm, I'm making the, 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 the self. Yeah, uh, he did do that. Yeah, he did that. Later, you were, hugging our dog, you were hugging our dog again and said, this is the king of comedy right here. <laughs> uh, Rupert's trying to impress a girl in this movie, which is not Sandra Bernhard, but is Diane Abbott, who was De Niro's wife at the time. 
and really? uh, she's a barmaid. They went to high school together, and uh, he uh, he's trying to show off to her. He brings her to Jerry's uh, home in the Hamptons. Uninvited. Uninvited. Which is a great scene, I thought. Yeah. And, but anyway, she's got a prominent uh, back tat, and Carla said, maybe I'll get a tattoo. <laughs> How would you feel about that? Yeah. If you l- listen to the Tucker episode, you know that Carla got a nose ring last so week. So I'm feeling real... Real edgy, edgy. and alternative. taller. Yeah. Pretty punk. Yeah. Do I? Thank you, sir. What are you going to get a back tattoo of? Um, like my... Gosh, my face. Your face? My face. <laughs> so it's Your a branding face. thing? <laughs> yes. Uh, do you so, like this? Do you like that? Exactly. <laughs> it's so that I can watch everybody... Without having to turn around. <laughs> oh, you're going to get one of them superpower tattoos. That's how eyes work. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. <laughs> to draw them is to use them. I think we just came up with your next comic book character. Yep. <laughs> we'll be right back. And her name's Carla. Right? Yeah. 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 At one point when Rupert and... Cut, this uh, out. Cut that out. Nope. No, it's staying in. Nope. Double it. You okay. cut it out. Nope. Uh, <laughs> don't coolie me, man. Cut it out. I just okay. said don't coolie me, man. <laughs> In that scene when Rupert and Jerry are kind of going toe-to-toe, yelling at each other, you know, I think Rupert says, I made a mistake. Uh, and Jerry said, so did Hitler. Right. And he went right to it. What did Carla have to say about it? <laughs> she said, what? That was a jump. <laughs> she ain't wrong. That was weird. It was really weird. That was so weird. It was, yeah. Jews love to go hyperbolic about Hitler. Every Jew. <laughs> Every but time. But especially Jerry. Jerry Lewis. Hated uh, Hitler. I hated him. <laughs> That's why I made the day the clown cried. Mm-hmm. What number is that in here? Not a, I, it would be endless if I could see it. <laughs> um, audience, can you make this dream come true? Do you know what the day the clown cried is? I don't know if we have time to talk about it. No, probably not. But it's basically <laughs> life is beautiful. Twenty years before life is beautiful, Jerry Lewis made a <gasps> made a Holocaust comedy. Uh, a holocomedy. A holocomedy. Okay. I'm on board. Uh, where he's a clown in a concentration camp. Okay. And it was considered so distasteful and bad that it was never released. And apparently he bought up all the copies of it. So he's the only one who owns. Uh, nobody's seen it. And Patton Oswalt used to stage live readings of the script of The Day the Clown Cried in L.A. Oh, fun. For years. And I did a couple of them. Uh, name he, drop. Me. I'm name dropping my own name. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know you? Do you? Could you get, uh, could you, get you an autograph from you? <laughs> Later, you see uh, Jerry Langford's nails, and Carla said, "Nothing grosses me out more than guys with long nails." It's gross. Agree. Even uh, if they play an instrument, I don't like it. How long are the nails? Like instrument length, like not yeah. like a, 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 Paul Tompkins has uh, dapper hands and nails. It's been remarked on in several podcasts. I've never longer noticed. than that. Oh, next I've time you noticed. see him, check out his hands and nails. He'll model them for you. He loves that stuff. But if he had had gross nails, then I would notice. So but they gross must be could fine. Just be long. Yeah, yeah. Like right. long, like like lady long nails makes me gross. Uh, yeah, lady longs makes me gross. Like it makes me very gross. <laughs> Absolutely, out and then back in again. What? Grossed out and yes. then in. Yeah, and then back in. Masha is trying to seduce Jerry when he's uh, bound and gagged, and she's singing. all improv. Could you guess from watching? <laughs> oh, and she's singing to him, and Carla said, "I'm going to do this for you." <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Craig got a boner. <laughs> <laughs> but he was all taped to the couch, so you couldn't really yeah, tell. Yeah, instant boner, but the tape held it down. Oh, and, not, one of the, uh, not one of those time sensitive, time release boners that you <laughs> sometimes get. The eventual bones. Uh, My favorite uh, Peter Jackson movie, The Eventual Bones. Right, the early ones were great. 
Then the, lovely bone, then the lovely bones came out and changed eventually. everything. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. Um, and then uh, Rupert uh, ends his monologue later with uh, "Better be king for the night. Better be king for a night than schmuck for a lifetime." Oh yeah. And uh, Carla said, "That's my new catchphrase." It is. Better be king for the night <laughs> than a schmuck for the lifetime. And then we see that's the- my De Niro impression. <laughs> Pretty Perfect. good. Spotless. Wait a second. Also, my that old wasn't him? old Jewish lady impression. <laughs> Well, there's a fine line. <laughs> we see him at the end uh, for that final scene where they're announcing the king of comedy. and We don't know if it's reality or fantasy, but he's wearing kind of a garish red suit. Uh, and he's kind of like, uh, you know, dapper. He's got a mustache. And Carla said, he looks like Paul. <laughs> Paul got two shout outs in this podcast. Referencing our friend, Paul F. Tompkins. Name drop. Name drop. And our associate, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> we wish him well. Ben, you have any other quotes you want to get to? These are, are your own notes. Um, let me see. Uh, still bad. The stand, the stand effect is terrible. Yeah, I'm not sure that we're supposed to think it's good. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like that ending where it was like, we're going to use the stand effect to give you more information about his character. Eventually, finally in this movie, some why he's doing all this stuff. Like they really kept him a secret. Uh, where they could have, like, you know, in an obvious movie where they wanted you to have a good time, let you know about the main <laughs> character. That's amateur hour. Let's keep that information until the finale when it's too late to care. Yeah. I like it because it's very, it's kind of out of date for what somebody would have been doing in 82. It's very kind of like Borscht Belt style. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's exactly the kind of things that he would have liked or been influenced by. It's just polished enough to be believable in the context uh, but it's, it's not great, but his, his timing and delivery is okay. It has the music of stand up, mm-hmm. despite the content not being, but though Carla laughed at a couple of the jokes. Did I? <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. Oh yeah, the other Carla's quote was, ha 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 ha. Ha ha ha. Um, yeah, it was, uh, like, why don't, just tell me about the guy if you want me to like the guy, which you don't, I know. Yeah. But, Another thing that I like about his performance is that you can see, he plays Rupert as more confident and polished in the fantasy sequences. Mm-hmm. And then you see the reality uh, in the other sequences uh, of how uncomfortable and how not reading the room he is. Mm-hmm. Joe Strummer was in this movie. Who's that? Joe Strummer of The Clash. Oh, yeah. Yeah, The Clash are in it. The Clash are in it. Yeah. I was watching the credits and it was, and I said, oh, Joe Strummer is in this movie. And Mick also, Jones and Paul Simonon. Also, Charles Scorsese. I wonder how they got him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Scorsese's mother plays the voice of yes. Rupert from off camera, too. And his sister plays Dolores. His daughter plays Dolores. Oh, she's older than I expected her to be. <laughs> Sandy Bernhardt said in the making of... Sandy? Wow. Yeah. Name drop. <laughs> SB. Siebes said this was a defining moment for De Niro's career, and I want to know if that's true. Is it true? I I don't know. I, it certainly did not enter the uh, the public consciousness or the zeitgeist. Uh, no, they hated it. It was a big flop. It was a twenty <laughs> million dollar. Hated it. 20 they did. The zeitgeist <laughs> was like this. Just in zeitgeist. <laughs> Raspberry. It was a twenty million dollar movie that made two point five at the box office, uh, and that's that's pretty bad by any standard. Uh, but it it got a good critical reputation right away. It's only grown in time. Scorsese said things that were confusing in that um, in that little featurette, such as it's moving because he's trying to be nice, but he's hostile. 
that maybe is only on you, Scorsese. Like, that's not moving necessarily. Wait, say that again. It's, it's moving, moving because he's trying like, it's, to be nice. This is going to move you to emotion because oh. you've got a character who's trying to be nice but is incapable of that right. because he's hostile and everything. Because he's so hostile. Well, you can be moved to emotions other than sympathy. <laughs> that's true. I did actually, I did. I did feel bad for him when he turned on the the program for his bartender lady friend, mm-hmm. and he clearly wanted to please her. That made me feel bad for him. Yeah. Well, all of his interactions with her made me feel bad for him. Like, I, all of his interactions maybe made me feel bad for him, but not in a way that, like... I sympathize uh, with him in yeah. that moment. And she's basically the Sybil Shepherd character from Taxi Driver. So it's yeah, you know, basically every Sybil Stop Shepherd. spoiling Taxi Driver for me. <laughs> hey, Shepherd you know what it. my favorite De Niro performance is? What's that? He did a movie with Meryl Streep called Falling in Love. Falling in Love. Wow. And it's not the greatest film, but it's a really wonderful, subtle, normal person performance <laughs> that I would recommend people watch. I've actually never seen it. It's great. I've never okay. heard of it. It's very sweet. Like they it. fall in love. <laughs> In falling in love, they fall in love. But he, they're married to other people. Oh. Do they end up together? Do you want to know? Nope. Sure, I'll nope. see it. I'm not going to tell you. Um, another thing that Scorsese said that was uh, tickled me is, "Look at his body language. His arms are like that. That's interesting <laughs> <laughs> about a guy who folded his arms. It was like the um, Jerry character was angry at yeah. Robert De Niro's character and folded his arms." And maybe Scorsese's standards for great acting are lower than ours. Yeah. Oh, The Deer Hunter is also a great performance. Sure. Hey, he's a good actor, that De Niro. Well, you were just saying this is your favorite, so I was just it is to my think favorite. of my favorite. Yeah. That would probably be What would favorite. you say, Ben? Of my favorite Favorite De Niro, De Niro performance. <sighs> Godfather 2 is probably my favorite movie of De Niro, like with De, okay. De Niro, so probably that one. Yeah. Very um, little dialogue in that. What, what is, is in Italian. Yeah, but he's like clearly doing stuff to be pre-Brando. Like they had all the Brando stuff from the previous movie, right? <laughs> that he could. Uh, it was like a Ewan McGregor is a great Alec Guinness. Sure, uh-huh. not my favorite Ewan McGregor probably <laughs> performance. I don't know. De Niro performance. I loved Mad Dog and Glory at the time. Like we keep talking about, it. people keep bringing it up. Um, <laughs> what Just other movies you. has De Niro been in? Hook. Oh, he was great in Hook. He's been in four or five he was great in so. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No. Uh, Let's Spice move World. on. No. Nope. <laughs> Bob Hoskins was in all three. Oh, so that was the connecting was the, yeah. thing. Now, Ben, you are, of course, a trained improviser. Absolutely. Yes, and I love it. Okay, so... You, I can't you, believe I've said no to you so many times in the last hour, Ben. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's all right. So uh, would you like to participate in a little khaki theater with us? I can't wait. Try and stop me. Try and keep me out of it. <laughs> Now, there's three main characters in this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I give first dibs to our guest. Who would you like to play? Who are the three main characters again? Seebs. Yeah. Seebs. Beebs. As Masha. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll be I'll be Jerry. And G. You'll be, I'll be Jerry. Jerry Lewis uh-huh. playing Jerry Langford. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who, do, who would you like to I'll play? I'll be for? Masha. Okay, you'll be Masha. I'll be Rupert Pupkin then. So I guess we'd have to do a scene after they've kidnapped him. They're back at Masha's place. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's do a scene that's not in the movie then. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's a lot of tape. That's not in the movie? You want to do a scene that's in the movie? No, no, that's fine. Let's. Uh, it's your podcast. <laughs> it's, your, it's your podcast, too. Uh, okay, so what are we doing, then? Uh, Set the scene. <laughs> Maybe them uh, ordering some food? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> For the record, they both looked at me to start. <laughs> These two trained improvisers looked at me, some guy, to start oh, the scene. Stabbed it was in the an back. amazing. <laughs> it was in wonderful. The back right away. What, who stabbed who? As trained improvisers, <laughs> you're ready to listen. We, you were ready to we're listen. We're making eye contact. To, we're making eye contact. We're ready to make our partner look fearsome. good. It was fearsome. It doesn't mean fearsome. you have to talk. It was first. lions. And I would just like to say, I did actually talk first. I said, "Where'd you get all this tape?" Like three minutes ago, I was doing a scene that wasn't in the movie. I listened. <laughs> Play now, it back. Listen now, Jerry. Jerry, I know that you like. I know that you like the the dim sum from Ben Fong. So we're gonna order that for you. Jesus, will you shut up already? I'm, I've been I'm sitting here listening to Jerry you right talk now. for the past I'm five hours, Jerry, and he knows <gasps> what he likes to order. Jerry, so. do you like that sweater? Whatever, whatever is good. Whatever, it's it's fine. Jerry, how do you like that? Tell me how that sweater feels on your skin. What it feels, I'm wearing a shirt under it, but I'm sure. Let him take the sweater off already. I like I like him. What is wrong with you? It's a warm day. He doesn't need to be wearing the sweater. I made that sweater. It's taken me three years. Okay, three years. The arms aren't even attached. Well, I had to make sure it fit, and it does. It fits, Jerry. I love you. Thank you. I okay. love you, Jerry. Jerry, we're just going to get a wide range of dim sum, okay? Sure, yeah. These are dumplings. They're good. You like them. Yeah, Jerry. no, dim sum is more of a morning thing, but whatever you want to do. Jerry. Jerry, the second he leaves, you and me. Us? What? We're going to do it. Not on a table. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Well, shut up then. <laughs> you that shut tracks. up. That tracks. Well, shut up. Jerry, I'm sorry. She's a crazy person. Jerry, I'm going to do you. <laughs> Jerry, I'm going to do you so hard. Hey, that's hard. some gun. Some gun? Yeah, the one you're pointing at my head. Oh, yeah. Here in the scene me. that we're yeah, in. Don't let Pardon. him see that sign. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're really committing to this bit, Jerry. Yes, and I love it. Jerry, I'm going to shoot you for fun. Please don't. And... I just need to have fun. I just need to be. I just need to be crazy. I just need to be crazy and have fun tonight. All right. Give me the sweater, Jerry. Here, here, here you go. Here's that sweater from me to you. Now put it back on. Putting Take it, it back. Off. Put mm. it on. Take All it right. Off. Mixed put messages from Take you to me. Okay, I gotta leave now, so I'm gonna trust that you guys are gonna be okay together. All right, King, get out of here already. Break a leg, buddy. This is a fantasy sequence. <laughs> and scene. Wow, no attempt to even do a mild Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I was doing exactly his voice from the movie. He wasn't like, hey, lady. He was like, what is going hey, on? Lady. Like, he was really, hey, lady. I was doing, oh, you play that movie against that clip of this podcast, and you will hear what a delicate, perfect, low key. I wasn't doing Jerry Lewis. Of course not. His name isn't Jerry Lewis in the movie. It's whatever his name it's is in Jerry the movie. Jerry Hollowell. Jerry Langford. Jerry Langford. Hollowell? Yes. It's Jerry. It's Jerry Hallowell. Oh, let's do it again where I play a Spice Girl. <laughs> now let's do a quick scene from a Spice Girl movie. Okay. Who would you like us to be? <laughs> uh, Meatloaf the bus driver. <laughs> is Meatloaf in the movie? Of course he is. Okay. Guys. By the way, I did see Spice World in the theaters with Tina Fey. What? Name drop. Yep. So rule of three is for, uh, <laughs> rule of three is for name drop. Who? Wait. Who? Who paid for the tickets? Who is Tina Fey? Wait, who? Uh, I you go we each Dutch? Paid, we yeah. just paid for our own tickets. All right. Was this pre-famous Tina Fey? Yeah, I think so. She was a writer for SNL at the time. Uh, so she got paid for tickets. <laughs> she she should have paid. Maybe maybe she bought my ticket. I don't know. 
She should have if she didn't. Yeah. Okay. You be meatloaf. You we be saw it at Piper's. Okay. Piper's Alley at, uh, in Chicago. Okay. So I'm meatloaf. Uh huh. And she's Tina Fey, and you're posh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, wait. I'm baby. She's the best one in the movie. Okay. You're baby. Yeah. I'm I'm meatloaf. So there's <laughs> only one Spice Girl in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Tina Fey in the scene? She said she was in the. Okay. I'll do it. Let's I like do, it. No, we'll wait. See. Let's. No, you be all the Spice Girls. I'll be Richard E. Grant, <laughs> and you be Meatloaf. Okay. Uh, meatloaf a day. Wait. I have to be all of them. <laughs> meatloaf a day keeps the doctor away. By the way. <laughs> that was actually debunked shortly after this movie came out. Um, and see. We did it. Sometimes improv is meta, guys. That was fun. Uh, so that was a that was a great Tina Fey, by the way. Thank you. It sounds just like her. Well, I you would talk know. about her all the time. I would know. So. Yeah. How is TF? You guys talk still? Nope. <laughs> Not so much. Um, ben, it was great having what? you. What? That's it? I get this to, went faster I get to get than my letter grade. Carla, you're going to do this in front of Ben, knowing how full well how much he's going to judge you on this. Okay. But give the camp comedy a letter grade. B. B. Okay. A B. What does that stand for? It stands for Ben. I'm sorry you didn't like this more. <laughs> it's okay. It was fine. <laughs> I'm just being curmudgeon because it's my brand. Yeah. What have you seen? What have you seen lately at the movies uh, that you really liked? Because give, you... give me a hint. What's come out? Changing oh. up the format of the podcast here. <laughs> well, I don't. Because you are a curmudgeon. How dare you? You you find fault with most movies. Well, yeah, but movies mostly are bad, right? Like, the problem with them is they're not television. Okay, do this. What's your favorite movie? Ghostbusters, probably, all time. All but, time. like, any of them, Edgar Wright's or Ryan Johnson's or Wes Anderson's are in there. Yeah. Um, like, I was thinking about this. I want to know what your criteria is for this list, because I feel like you... We've covered that. I've, mm, have you gone in depth? Because I feel like... What would you like to know? What, can't you think of a hundred better movies than this? <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the whole point. What about this? It's my 88th favorite movie. Besides that you saw it at the right time or whatever. That's a big part of it. I know, but not big enough. What like what what about this speaks to you? Like this you felt the pathos of all this stuff? Yeah. I mean, I love the character. Rupert Pupkin to me is just although he's so difficult to watch, he's one of the most original and memorable movie characters and just the the way that these three actors play off of each other. They each have such different energies. And uh, I think it is a great story, kind of a ridiculous story, but I think they make it grounded and believable. And I love um, the interplay between fantasy and reality in this guy's head. And I feel like, especially, you know, being in comedy, I'm doing air quotes right now for over 20 years, like... But you are I, I actual quote I'm not going to say that I've point. met Rupert Pupkin, but mm-hmm. I have met, you know... People who just really want to be around comedy, sure. you know, but don't necessarily want to do the work to be great at it, or they try and just aren't capable of doing it the way that they would like to, you know, which is fine at an amateur level. So he's kind of, but he's kind of an extreme version of, of a type of person that I, I've met sure. uh, periodically over the years. All right. <laughs> Good job. What's up next? What is up next? What is up next? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's your list. I'll vamp. I'm glad you asked, Carla, because <laughs> when we find out, it's going to be a real tantalizing tease for the audience to hear the next episode. It's true. Um, it could be Let's anything. Guess. Defending your life. Defending your life, I was going to say. Defending <gasps> your life. 
That's a great movie. It is a great movie. I love that movie. That's my um, top ten. That is the first movie where people, uh, in reference to Meryl Streep, go, oh, she's charming. Yeah. Right? Like not, yeah, yeah. oh, she is great at accents. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right, those are the Agreed. two things that people say. Yeah. Carla, Please. we're back to a heavy movie again, oh, the next fuck. one. It's a okay. very sad movie. Maybe the saddest movie <laughs> of my movies. Oh, my movies. God. <laughs> This is a 1997 film uh, by the Armenian-Canadian filmmaker Adam Migoyan. A 1997 film? Yes. Starring Ian Holm. Miller's sense of Sarah Pauly. Oh, I know. I've, saw, I've seen this. It's The Sweet Hereafter. Yeah. I, I like this movie. I, I know this movie. Okay. I remember seeing it. Do you prefer Sarah Pauly or Sarah Paulson? Uh, Sarah Pauly. All right. Asked and answered. Like them both. But uh, I'm going to go Pauly. So we got one. two polys. Three polys. Let's go all the way around. Three polys. Let's do yeah. it. All right. We Favorite Sarah Polly movie. Favorite Sarah Polly movie. I actually like uh, the, the story. What is it? Of us? Stories We Told. Stories We Told. Which is the documentary that she made about her. Uh, Hard to make fun of Alzheimer's her par- parents. Her parentage. Yeah. Yep. No, you're thinking of oh, you're thinking Away of With Her. Away With Her, which is also a great movie. Fair she's enough. great. But my favorite one that she's in is Go, I think. Although Fair. I haven't seen that in probably 15 years. You? Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, yeah. yeah. So fun. That was so a good fun. movie, and she was, was a really great good movie. That was such a great movie. Agreed. She's great in everything, and she's become a really great director, mm-hmm. too. I've liked everything that she's done. She also did that Michelle Williams movie. She was supposed mm-hmm. to be Penny Lane and Almost Famous. But she was too good for it. I guess so. She would have got an Oscar nomination. She didn't need it. <laughs> uh, your favorite, Sarah Polly? Did you do it? Did you cover it? Are you waiting to? Well, sweet hereafter. All right, is the only one on the list. All right. Well, the list doesn't indicate your favorite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure, sure it does. It's not your favorite. performance. You can have a favorite Sarah Polly movie that is favorite on the Sarah Polly performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I really like. Is it Splice? Oh, that horror yeah. movie with her and Adrian Brody. She's yeah. That's oh, that is such a creepy freaky. movie. Such a creepy. Where they're in movie. subways and there's a bug. Or am I thinking of Ashley Judd? Genetic. Scientists who okay. do these hybrids of animals and then they eventually get uh, marauded themselves. <laughs> they make a human who has all and these. Then they raise oh, it I remember it now. Yes. They raise it as their daughter. And then she ends up sleeping with Adrian Brody. With Adrian Brody. Brody. Yeah. So it's fucking so, gross. It's such a creepy movie, but they are way too good actors for this. Schlocky. Uh, for the schlocky kind of movie, and they really elevate it. I feel like there was a font in the late 90s that it was like part of that species. Um, like that movie poster looked like a lot of movie posters. It's yeah. more recent than that, yeah. but yeah. So maybe I'm imagining the whole thing. You're imagining speech. Like the end of King of Comedy. Oh, maybe. Was this real? Was this all in Ben's head? You decide. Did this podcast ever happen? Yeah. Yes. Are you asking me? It did. <laughs> Tune in next week for Sweet Hereafter. Ben Acker, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. If you're in Los Angeles, thanks, come ben. see the Thrilling Adventure Hour at the Ace Hotel on December 17th. 2016. 2016. You know, because this is forever, and you might be listening to this. This is binding. This is his favorite movies forever. 30 years from now. We hope so. 32 years from now. Why not? Any of it. We love Bye, Ben. Just we love trim you. this ending, would you? We love you. Yeah. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.